Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. So thankful to have Michelle here. I've got uh, actually some more really interesting stories uh, from her life that I'm going to use in the sermon today. So uh, if you are a guest, if you're new to River Valley, welcome. I'm so thankful that you're here. Perfect time to be here as we start a new series today. Uh, last year during my Bible study, uh, during the fall, I was reading a passage of Scripture about what God says about how to grow and what, what it takes to grow uh, in your relationship with Christ and in life in general. And, and the Bible says you can grow in every way. And so taught me so much in that. And so that's what we're going to be doing uh, in this next little bit. Uh, but before we get to you individually, what I want to do today is make sure that you understand that, that you grow in an environment. And so I want to make sure that our environment, in this case our church, is healthy so that you are able to grow to your potential. So the, the, the illustration I immediately thought of was, you, I've always heard this, I didn't know if it was true, that, that a goldfish will only grow to, to his surroundings. So you keep a goldfish in one of those little bitty bowls, they're, they're going to stay small. And they'll, they'll continue to live, but they'll stay small. You get them a tank, they'll grow a little bit. That, you know, if you put them in a pond in the backyard, they'll grow a little bit. And I always heard that, and I was like, I wonder if that's, that's actually true. And if it is, how big can a goldfish get? Well, let me answer that question for you. Uh, <laughs> That is a 67-pound goldfish. Um, I guarantee you what happened was somebody bought a goldfish for their kid, and they got tired of it, but they, were, they didn't want to hurt the goldfish, so they let it go, and here we are off to the races. 67 pounds. I don't know if like goldfish is good eating. I don't really know, but... but this is how big it'll grow. Now, now here's what's important about this, the, the picture that I want you to see. Look at the background. That thing's in a lake. The reason it's able to grow to that size over how many ever years is because of the environment was big enough to support it. Well, you and I don't necessarily, it's not the, the size of the environment. It's, it's the health of the environment. I want to make sure today that we are living in a healthy environment within our church so that you can grow to your potential. And so that, that's the idea. So, so here's what, how, the way I wrote it. Your potential is determined by your place. Your potential is determined by your place. Now, I want to be careful with this statement. This is more of a proverb than a truth. If it was a truth, then if you were in an unhealthy place, then you would be uh, absolutely have to live a second-class life. And that's not true at all. In fact, we love the stories of the people who overcome their environments to go on to great and wonderful things. So if you do come today and you're like, man, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, the, my parents or the, the, the environment I am around is not very healthy, I, please don't hear me say that, that, well, you're just, you know, too bad for you. What I want you to think, though, instead is, okay, how can I create the environment that will help me to grow the most? What do I need to do to make sure, as a leader of my own life, that the places and the people that I'm with and in and around are healthy so that I can really and truly grow to my potential? So you need to make sure, I need to make sure that our church, this body of Christ, is 
healthy so that we can grow. How do we do that? So, I want us to look at today at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And what we're going to do at the start of this is, is we're going to be on the same page. You're going to see how important this is. So I want you guys to stand up and we're going to read this passage of Scripture together out loud. Because this is not for you and this is not for me. This is for us. So we're going to read it together out loud. Here we go. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This is our church. Way to go, church. Be seated. We are together in one body. So this, this passage that we just read answers the question, what brings us together? What brings us together today? Now think about it. Think about the diversity that walks in these doors every single week. I mean, it's unbelievable. The diversity is, is origin, first of all. More and more and more because uh, Austin is this, is this hub for, for high-tech, uh, UT. Austin is this hub for so much that happens in the world. We have so many people that walk into our doors that are members of River Valley who didn't even grow up in America, didn't grow up speaking English as their first language. So, so literally uh, around the world, and we're so thankful for that diversity. But even if you're here today and you did grow up in, in America, there's tremendous amount of origin different and culture difference that, that we grew up in. I mean, you know, some of us like me grew up very rural. I mean, I grew up in farming and ranching communities. Some of, some of you grew up in large, large cities. Some of you grew up in the south. Praise God. Some of you grew up in the north. At least you got here, right? I mean, some of you, some of you grew up on the east coast or the west coast, or you grew up in the, in the heartland of America. There's so much diversity in, in how we grew up and what, what happened. And then as we become more and more intentionally multi-ethnic, those, those cultures, even within those pockets of places, come into play that we, we grew up in. So where we started out is different, but then also our experiences, our philosophies, our, our desires moving forward are very, very different. You are going to see it, and, and we, are, we are seeing it as a, as a nation. It's, and you're going to hear me talk about it several times this year to just remind you of one simple fact, that, that we're in an election year. And 2020 was a very divisive election within our country, and, and it's looking like 2024 is going to be a, as well. This divisive uh, thought process of different philosophies and how they work together. And so I need you to know, if you're uh, River Valley to remind you, or if you're new, I need you to understand something about us. We are not a Republican church, and we are not a Democrat church. We're not a Biden church, and we're not a Trump church. We're a Jesus church, and He is above all. He is above, some of you are like, I don't know if I can clap for that. I mean, I'm telling you right now, you're going to see it. Because it's the only thing within our country so many times that you can put above even your Christianity and act like that's no big deal. It's Jesus above all or nothing. We are a Jesus church. So there's, there's division that could come in that could separate us. That could make us, well, who do you vote for? Where do you go? Where did you grow up? What is your skin color like? How old are you? Are you a man or woman? All of these things. There's diversity that comes in, but 
There is unity that brings us together. There is unity that brings us together. What binds us together is not who we were. It's whose we are. It's not where you came from. It's not what you look like. It's not who your mama or your daddy were. It's who you belong to. If you belong to Jesus Christ, welcome to River Valley. We're so thankful that you're here. If you're wondering about Jesus, what a great day to be here because we want to invite you into this great adventure that we have together. It's not about where we came from. It's about who we belong to in Christ. So he gives us, obviously in this story, the, the repetition shows us this unity factor. And he says we're a one body one body. We, we are a, a church that all of us together are one body. I got a, a, a card over, over uh, Christmas, and uh, on this card, the, the, the couple, they've been coming here a little while, but they wrote this statement that it just, I, I immediately texted them, and it was like, this is this, I love this, this statement, because they, they said, uh, we love our church. We love our church. It excites me so much when people who are involved in River Valley call it my church or our church. It drives me crazy when people who come to River Valley call it your church. It drives me crazy. It is our church. We are one body together. Man, join us. Be a part of who we are. Some of you are here today, and you're trying out church for the first time. You're like, okay, I'm going to see if Christianity is true. And if it is, I'm going to see if River Valley is my church. Or I know Jesus as my Lord, but I'm trying out churches. I just moved to the area, and I'm seeing if River Valley is my church. Let me save you a lot of time. It is. All right? And so from time to time, I'll have people come up, and they're like, hey, we're try we just moved to the area. We're trying out new churches, and yours is the first. And I'm like, great. And sometimes they'll be like, we're going to try out other churches. And I've had it happen more than once, and they came back, and they were like, we chose yours. And I was like, I should have told them from the beginning. Just choose it and move on. All right? So if you, God has brought you here today, we want you to be a part of this body, of this body of Christ and, and who we are. And whose body are we? The Bible says, one Father, one Lord, one Spirit. We see the Trinity appear in this text. We are the body of God, the body of Christ. We have these individual functions, these individual ways that we do things, but we, we are the, the body of Christ. And it says a statement here is really, really important, that this God is above all and in all, and, or above all and through all and in all. Be careful that when you say that you are a part of a Christian, that Jesus is above all. That he is absolutely sovereign in every decision you make, in every place you go, in the way you treat your husband or wife, in the way you train your kids, in the way you approach business, in the way you spend your money, in what you do with your time and where you go, that Jesus is above all. But he's got to be through all. There can't be anything in your life where, well, you know what? Jesus is a, is a pretty high priority. He's a top three. No, 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 no. He's got to be above all. And then he's got to be in every single area of your life if we're going to have a healthy church 
together. There ought to be nothing that God is off limits to. And we're going to talk about over the next few weeks of, of growing. And the Bible says in every way, every area that you want to grow, that you want to get better, that you want to see God do different things. He's, he's, if you will let him be through all of these areas, he can help you in this year if you'll let him be the Lord of your complete and total life. And then we have in this body, we have one hope. And we have one hope in who God is and what he is doing amongst us. We have one hope for uh, Michelle that we will celebrate one day, her being completely cancer-free. Amen? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. It is the, the hope of the, the people of God that we have the, the hope of, of God continuing to, to grow us and to, to, to expand our ministries, to build this new building, to, to start these new ideas, to have these new groups. All of it, it's the hope that we have together. So, so what do you need to do if you want to join, if you want to sign up? Man, back in the old days, I grew, I grew up Southern Baptist, so back in the old days, the pastor stood down front. You could come and shake his hand, and, uh, and at the end of service, if you, if you remember that, and there would be people that would, would join the church, and there was this weird moment, and I don't know about you, but, but in every church I've ever been a part of, there were people that were like, I'm a member, and you're like, I don't know that you're saved. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you're like, I'm not talking about membership, I'm just talking about when you, you know, Jesus is like, who? I, I just be careful. How do we get in? What do you need to do? The Bible says one faith, one baptism. One faith, one baptism. We stand together in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in who he is and what he has done in, for the world and in our individual lives, that God has brought us faith, and he's, he's given us this faith. And so today, if you're here and you've never expressed faith in, in Jesus, please don't uh, substitute religiosity. Don't think we need you to join the church or learn certain sayings or, or uh, dress a certain way or go to this class. Or, no, we want you to have faith in Jesus, that he is the God of the universe who lived a perfect life, who died a sacrificial death for your sins, for my sins on the cross. And then if you would confess him as Lord, meaning he's in charge, and you will believe that God raised him from the dead on Easter Sunday, that you can be saved. One faith. Every single member of River Valley has this faith. And then we express that through baptism. We express that through baptism. Listen, guys, God is doing something special in our church right now. It is unbelievable what God is doing. Last year in our church, we grew an average attendance by 25%, 160 people in average attendance in one single year. Well, what does that matter? You might say, I'm glad you asked. All right, you know why that matters? Because you know how many of those people gave their life to Jesus Christ and showed that through baptism? 101 people last year were baptized at River Valley. That's unbelievable. I've never, I've, we've never gotten even close to that. Man, the people that stood up. And what's great about baptism is the moment you're baptized, people see it. Listen, we had someone in the first service that, that came up and they were like, we're going to have baptisms next week. And they came up and they said, I've known forever. But I'm, I'm just so nervous about being around crowds. Well, listen, we don't, we don't ask you to give a, a sermon. 
or give a speech. I, I, God gets it. Some of you, did you know that, that talking in front of people is a bigger fear of Americans than death? I mean, did you know that? I mean, some of you were like, if you could either give a speech or die, you, man, the, the death long would be so long, all right? I mean, it's crazy. Well, we don't need you to do that. In fact, we want you to have a symbolic act where you don't have to talk at all because your baptism shows what's happened in your life, that you've given your life to Jesus. Now, it's important that you do it, one baptism. Some of you were, were uh, dedicated as, as babies in your church. We're fine with that. We get that. That's your parents saying, we're going to raise you up as believers. And that's a fantastic thing. But baptism is when you make the decision to follow Christ that you show the world after that. So you're baptized after your salvation event to tell the world that you are a follower of Jesus. And the Bible shows us immersion baptism, in other words, into the water, because the, the water symbolizing the authority of God in our life, we go under that water, and we see a picture of um, Jesus's death. He's laid in the tomb, and his resurrection that we see in a baptism. And so, we want you to do that because it's a powerful testimony for the next people that'll get saved, and the next people will get saved, and the next people that'll get saved. And so, today, we want you to express your faith in Jesus, and we want you to be baptized by immersion after that. So, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to make sure that that is secure in your life. Right where you are, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. I'm going to ask you, do you have faith in Jesus? One faith in our church. You go to heaven because of your faith in Christ and what he has done. That he died on the cross. That he was buried in the tomb. That he was raised to eternal life on Easter morning. And you willingly bow your knee to that God and say, God, be the Lord of my life. If you've never made that decision, you might have made some religious decisions. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to try to be a good person, try to learn this stuff. That, those are great things. You might say, I was baptized as an infant. I went to catechism or confirmation. Those are great things, but that's not one faith. One faith is you being old enough to do it for yourself, declaring that Jesus is the Lord of my life. If you've never done that, take that opportunity right now. Ask Jesus to come in and forgive your sins right where you are right now. Believe that he can, that he is the God of the universe who loved you so much that he died on the cross for your sins. That he was buried. And on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus came alive. Ask God to come into your life right now and be the Lord of your life. Father, thank you for those who are being saved, even as we speak. God, for your gospel is wonderful and powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. At the end of our service today, if you gave your life to Christ today, or you've never followed that uh, initial step of, of giving your life to Jesus with baptism, Ben Johnson, our executive pastor, is going to be right down here after the service. Come and talk to him. We would love to baptize you next week. Next week. We would love to see that. And we had one in the first service. Uh, I was going to do it. There's going to be several in this service, I'm sure. Man, don't wait on what God is telling you in this moment. There's such a tendency in our day to like, well, I don't, when God tells you speak, it's a mark of maturity that when he calls, you answer and you obey and you take that next step. Do that right now. So, 
Now we've talked about, okay, what brings us together is that we're one body of God, that we have one hope and one faith and one baptism together. But what, what keeps us together, you can say the opposite thing as well, what could tear us apart? Let's read Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3, and it tells us how we are to stay together. Therefore I, I'm, I'll just read it for you, um, therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. How? With humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So Jesus says in here, he says, I bring us together that we are one body, but he gives us a, a, a command to say, I want you to keep together. I want you to make sure that you keep together. So what keeps us together? He says several things in here that we need to unpack. And if we don't do them, they will tear us apart. We have to be very, very careful about that. Now, I want to be clear uh, what I'm doing today. I don't know of some hidden faction somewhere within our church. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of like preach my way out of a problem. Or I don't know this at all. This is preventative medicine. This is making sure that we are on the same page and we are, have a uh, healthy environment. Because I really and truly don't know of any right now, but I'm quite certain that there are groups within our church, or I'm quite certain that there are people within our church that need to be reminded of what we just saw. What do we need to do to keep us together? Number one, he says, make every effort. Make every effort. Whose job is it? to keep the church together and to make the church healthy. It's yours and mine. Make an effort. Do something with what God has given you. Do not come here and expect the church to just pour into you. So many times we see the church portrayed as a hospital. Well, you know, if you're sick, if you're hurting, if you need help, just come on in. We'll fix you all up. And that's, that's really and truly not what we are. We are an army. We are an army. Now, if you are bruised and bandaged, man, we'll come in and we will fix you up. But we expect you to be a part of this army. The Bible says make every effort. And a great, great illustration was the video that you just saw. Now, she alluded to it, Michelle, just a little bit. But let me make sure and unpack this story because it's really, really powerful. So, so here's Michelle, and she's got cancer. Can you, can you imagine being young and finding out that, that you have cancer? So if anyone in our church, she, she would be the one who would be likely to say, you know what, it's my time to get poured into. It's my time to get helped. And rightfully so. And she said she's going through a process of even learning how to accept that help. As people, you know, uh, you know take her to the hospital and take her to her treatments and help her out with, with different ways. And so she would, it, it, no one would blame her if she kind of almost said to herself, you know what, it's my time for River Valley to take care of me. That's not, though, what she does. And that's not the approach of a healthy Christian. Now, we would never say it to someone who's going through cancer, but the reality is, is that even in the midst of her hurt and pain, God expects Michelle to go and to serve. We would never say that to someone because that seems so callous, but Michelle understands that about how God uses a mature believer. So she told you the story. We went last month, we have a, a partnership uh, with, with uh, empowering women out of prison, a ministry in prison, and she went last month with us to, to go to prison. 
And it would be very easy for her to be like, I, you know, I, it's not my time to, to serve women in, in prison right now because I'm getting served because I have cancer. But she goes. Now, there's, there's a little over 100 women in this program of, of which, you know, there's more, way, way, way more uh, in, the, in the general lockup in this facility. And we sit down in this, in this prison to minister to people. And I'm like, hey, make sure we as River Valley don't bunch up, get around people and, and talk to them and, and, and let's minister to them. And so she does that. And God sits up this beautiful moment. Michelle sits in, in, in right beside her on this side and this side are two women who are going through cancer treatment right now in prison. And Michelle said, God reminds me of something as hard as it is right now for me. It's harder when you're in prison. And as hard as it is right now, and as much as God is pouring into me right now, this is my moment to pour out to them. And you can say, well, that's a crazy coincidence, is it? Or is it this God moment where God says, make every effort. Do something in the kingdom of God to make others believe, to bring others closer. If we're going to do this, you and I have got to bring the unity together. So this is the way I wrote it. If this is your church, then our unity is your responsibility. Man, he says, make that effort to keep that unity together. You don't say, well, let's call someone from the church. You are the church. Make sure that you make every effort. If we're going to do this, we're going to work hard. So what's going to tear us apart? Laziness. Apathy. You thinking you come in and like, man, I hope they don't preach too long or I hope the right song is played or I hope, you know, whatever it is that speaks to me. No, no, you've got to make sure that it's coming into you, but it's also flowing out and you're helping. So number one, make every effort. Number two, how do we do that? How do we deal with people? He says three, three words, humility, gentleness, and patience. Humility, gentleness, and patience. So it's so important that you, you understand how you deal with people. I, I think all of us would embrace these words um, as, as good attributes for how we, how we connect with people and how we deal with them. But we've got to be really, really careful here. Make sure that you practice with all of the church these attributes. My, my mentor was, was asked to be a pastor of a church one time. And uh, he was a great evangelist, so they knew he would really help the church to grow. But when they brought him in for the interview, they said, Hey, we need you to understand something. One of the reasons that we're bringing you in is that we are very close to a split in our church. And what had happened was the two wealthiest families in the church, the two uh, women in, this, in these two families had gotten crossways with each other and had not uh, practiced humility, patience, and gentleness. And so that feud had started to, to expand. And, and it happens exactly like you see it. We laugh about it happening in high school. Like, we don't do that. But we do it all the time. So, so this lady's talking about how this lady's bad. So everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And this lady's talking about this lady's bad. And so pretty soon, everybody's sitting in the middle like, well, who do I believe? Whose team am I on? And so it's it like they were getting all these people around them. And it was going to eventually split the church. And the the, the leaders of the church, they, they didn't have a pastor at that time. They were afraid to deal with it. And part of the reason they were afraid to deal with it, because they were the richest people in the church. So they were putting money over unity. And so they brought my mentor in. And they said, we, we'd like you to deal with this problem. Well, he did. You know what he did? 
He brought them in. The very first day he was in the pastorate, he brought the two people in. And he said, we got a problem with each other. You don't like her. You don't like her. No, I don't care why. I don't care why. He's like, and no one's willing to deal with it because we're afraid you're going to leave and take your money. Or we're afraid you're going to leave and take your money and maybe start talking about about us. And he said, unity is more important. So he said, we're going to do something. He said, I'm walking out this door and I'm closing the door. When you open the door, you will either be getting along and will practice humility, patience, and gentleness, or you will walk out this door and walk out the front door to the church and never come back because we don't need your money near as much as we value unity in the church. It's your decision. He got up, walked out, closed the door. I would have loved to have a camera in there and been like, well, now it just got awkward, All right? But guess what happened? They came out and they were really good friends again. Unity is practiced. How? By patience with people. Not everybody goes the same pace. Man, I mean, I, I, have, a, I have a daughter. Uh, we, we actually measure pace as one of the things. Uh, and I have, a, I have a fast pace, which is good in certain situations. In certain situations, I go way too fast. But God gave me this daughter who has a pace that, that even sometimes like snails and turtles are like, speed it up. And, and so, I, I mean, I've spent half my life waiting on my daughter. And, and, and it's, it's in her. She, she's that way. And it, and it would be so easy. And I could catch myself at certain moments like, speed up. And sometimes she'd be like, I am going fast. And I was like, I need you to go my fast. Not because your fast is still really slow. And this tension that we would sometimes have, God, help me to be patient. This is the way God made her. And it's such a wonderful quality in so many environments to be slow and thoughtful in, in the way that she deals with relationships and, and people. Oh, it's a wonderful quality. Man, there's a lot to be learned for us that go fast about going slow. Man, we've got to practice patience in that. What about gentleness? You ever heard people say, well, I just tell them like it is. I just speak the truth. Well, you're... That, that's, that's a great way of saying, I'm a jerk. I, I mean, that's all it is, right? I mean, I mean you, you, you th- like, you're, you're being mean. Like, we see it. Everybody sees it. But you're being mean. You're calling out someone's, someone, so, something in someone versus that, that you don't like or that's not fully prepared for Jesus as opposed to being gentle and helping bring them along. So we've got to be careful in that. What about humble? Man, boastful and arrogant. Do you, do you need the center of attention at all times? Do you need other people to say, wow, you're doing a great job? Do you, or, do, or, or is it okay for someone else to have the spotlight for a moment? Be humble in working and dealing with people. Now, there's an environment that, that we do this very best. It's really not this environment on on Sunday morning. It's really not. So the Bible says the last thing that we ought to do is bear with one another. Bear with one another. For us in River Valley, the environment to do that is in groups. It's in relationships together. 
that we practice patience and humility and gentleness and, and all attributes of godliness, that you would be a part of a, of a group of people and they are practicing patience with you as well in some areas because you're behind. And you're being gentle and you're helping build one another up and bear with one another and help one another. Man, that's the, the environment that we want you in. And it's such a fantastic day for you to be here. Today is group link. We have so many new groups signing up. Listen, uh, proportionally, we we're, we're, uh, we're have more of you in groups than ever before. But our goal is always 100%. Because we want you around people. Listen, as much as our, our staff loves Michelle, her group is the primary caretaker of her needs. They're the ones who've been taking her back and forth. They're the ones who, this is the way our church operates and functions. We want you to be a part uh, of a group in, in learning and growing. And there's, there's lots of topics out there. There's community groups where you'll get uh, to know some new people. That, I mean, so many, so many options uh, for you to, to bear with one another and learn uh, to practice these things. Now, some of you, I'm going to really challenge right now. All right, some of you are here, and you are brand new. You're like, I'm kind of checking out whether Christianity is real. Man, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Or you're like, I am a believer in Jesus Christ, but I'm looking for a new church right now. So I'm going to encourage you, like, jump in the deep end and sign up for a group and be a part of a group today. Here's why. I know that like, the normal way would be like, you're gonna, we're going to come for a while. We're going to evaluate. We're going to check it out. We're going to see. And maybe we'll think about it. And, and, and you, it, it can happen that way. But this is one of those moments that if you will do this right now, instead of a little bit of growth over the next three or four months, if you'll jump in and say, I'm going to get saved, I'm going to get baptized, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I'm going to get a part of a group, I'm going to find a community, I'm telling you, you will look back over time, and you'll be like that, that summer between your seventh and eighth grade year where you grew, you know, six inches over the summer, and, and you were eating everything in the house, and you were like, you can do that spiritually, but you got to jump in. Like, you got to jump in. I'm really encouraging you to do this. I get it. It's scary. You're looking around, and you're trying to evaluate whether we're really a cult or not. And, and here we are going, no, go deeper, go deeper, drink this Kool-Aid. I get it, all right? I really do. All right? You're like, it's scary. I, I really, I understand. But let me tell you what. With everything, you look into my eyes and tell me I don't believe what I'm saying, and I don't practice it myself. If you will do this, you will look back on this point in your life is that's when I grew the very most. That's when God did something, I mean, something I couldn't have even imagined in how he grew and used me. Jump in to the deep end. So, here's what I want for you. Let's, let's pray, or let me read this verse to show you how it all works together. Ephesians 4, 7, now grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So, do I expect you to keep the unity? Yes. Do I expect you to join up and participate and serve and go to group? Yes. All of those things. Yes, yes, yes. But what I love about how this ends is, watch this. God's grace is going to be the one that's undergirding all of this. I'm not putting a burden on you. 
I'm not trying to put a heavy load. You've got to do this and this and this and stop doing this and you better not say this. I'm not. It's the grace of God that undergirds life. Grace means undeserved favor. He's giving you something that you didn't even work for. Let God's grace use this moment and say to Jesus, God, help me to grow. Help me to see your power in my life. I want to follow you. Right where we are, let's pray again. We already prayed for salvation and baptism, so I just need to make sure right where you are. Are you a part of the body of Christ? Are you a part of, of who we are and what we are doing? Be a part of River Valley. Don't watch us on the periphery. Join up, sign up, be a part. How are you in your effort and your humility? Is there a schism right now between you and anyone else? I get it. We, you're not friends with everybody here. There, there's probably in a church our size, there's probably some people you don't like. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, is there anyone in this body that you avoid eye contact because you, you know y'all got a problem? Y'all got unresolved issues. If there is, you need to shore that up. Those don't go away and just apologize where they need to apologize. Practice humility and patience. It's important. It is important for us as a church so that we can be healthy, so that that thing doesn't grow and multiply and, and begin to really and truly kind of kind of just mess with all that God is trying to do in your life. The Bible says if we can't forgive others, how, how can we say that we've been forgiven? We've been forgiven for everything and you can't forgive them for a careless word or a harsh phrase. If you need to make a phone call, if you need to say, I'm sorry, today's the day. And then be a part of what God is doing here. Really and truly, jump into the deep end. Man, it's wonderful. We'll see you in a few months. And people, I, I pro, people will come out and say, you're different. Something's happening. Others will say, you won't have to tell them about it. Don't worry about that. But it's not going to happen for you to just tip, dip in your toe in a little bit. And jump in. Father, thank you for what you are calling us to do and to grow into a relationship with Christ. God, thank you for the unity that we have in our church. God, we don't want to take that for granted. God, we want to hold tight to it. Don't let schisms and, and factions, God, don't let divisions come into who we are, but keep us healthy, aligned on purpose together so that we can have an environment together where we can grow individually in who you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.